everybody. This is Block Club Chicago's podcast. This is our It's All Good Weekend Edition. And Alex V. Hernandez joins me with our first story. And Alex, this one just makes me smile. A bald eagle soaring over Irving Park. I imagine you were, I don't know, excited to cover something fun and light. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Um, some neighbors reached out over the weekend letting us know that while looking out their back porch, which kind of overlooks the uh, north branch of the Chicago River, they saw what they thought was an eagle, but they weren't 100% sure initially. But then when it went to swoop and capture a fish, uh, one of them looked out a phone and started trying to take photographs of it and realizing, no, no, this is an eagle. This isn't like, you know, some other kind of bird. Right. And in fact, a bald eagle, of course, which has a lot of prominence here in our national culture. Right. And the bald eagle for a long time was an endangered species, I understand. And uh, efforts to bring it back. Is this a is perhaps a sign that those are working or, or is it pretty typical for bald eagles to make their way to the north side of Chicago? Yeah. So I checked with the Illinois Department of Natural Resources and the Chicago Bird Alliance, and both groups told me that uh, Chicago and uh, generally Illinois is kind of a destination for bald eagles. Uh, More than 3,000 annually kind of come to our state uh, during the winter months because their territory much further north in Canada. When the water uh, bodies of water up there freeze solid, they can't really fish like they normally do. So like their summer vacation area is the Chicago area, which I know is kind of like counterintuitive where (laughs) Chicago is known, but for the from the bald eagles point of view, it's like Miami. So this is like great for them. Hey, everywhere is south of somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And so specifically, the North Branch of Chicago River has been the source of a lot of uh, uh, riverfront restoration and ecology restoration to increase the 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 fish, fish population, other ecosystem down there. And then on top of that, too, anecdotally, a lot of the neighbors tell me that the north branch of Chicago River doesn't typically freeze during the winter because the currents are pretty fast. So that kind of led to, uh, over the weekend, a bald eagle coming specifically to that area, which normally um, they'd be further south uh, over by the Calumet uh, Lake or Calumet River or the big marsh park on the south side. Because uh, Chicago Bird Alliance, they typically see them hanging out around there a lot. But their reasoning was our our deep freeze that we had uh, fairly recently recently led to those bodies of water becoming a little unattractive for fishing. Whereas this eagle was probably just soaring around, saw that there was moving water and decided to try their hand at fishing on the North branch. That's cool. So birds or excuse me, bald eagles in the area, not all that unusual. They're just usually in different parts of the city, different bodies of water, but because of the freeze, it resembled Canada where they left and they were looking for bodies of water that were still moving. That is the North Branch. I was looking on the map kind of and I used to live in this area right where Irving Park crosses the river. Horner Park is right there. And I know they've gone through extensive uh, you know, rehabilitations of some of the ecosystems there. Not saying that plays a part in that, but that's an interesting tidbit that it's right next to it. Yeah, I know. So 2014, um, that park has had a lot of um, riverside shoreline uh, restoration to basically increase the biodiversity, increase native plantings, attract native animals. I know that we had chonk not too long ago, that uh, large turtle. Uh, there are also snapping turtles that I wrote about a couple of years ago that were not as large as that one, but hatching alongside the river there as well. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it would appear that um, one of the park district people told me that the bald eagle is considered a keystone species. And so they kind of see that as kind of a feather in their cap, pun intended, where um, the increase in biodiversity allow something like the bald eagle to kind of like uh, successfully hunt and fish in the area. What do you mean by keystone? Just that, that it has prominence or that they represent some apex creature that would not be there if there wasn't the underlying creatures below it? 
Yeah, so it's basically kind of like a house of cards situation where it's a very important uh, animal in that house of cards. You remove the bald eagle from there, it kind of risks the house of cards collapsing. So in this case, having a bald eagle uh, hanging out in the habitat in that area to them shows that they've kind of built a pretty sturdy uh, ecosystem uh, since restoring the Horner Park uh, riverfront and then also removing the dam that was further north by River Park a couple years ago to allow an increase in uh, fish traveling up and down the river. Chonkosaurus, as you mentioned, uh, we talked a lot about it on this podcast about how a lot of that is because of extensive efforts over the last couple of decades to clean up the Chicago River. You do not swim in it yet, they say, but <laughs> it has changed a lot in 20 or 30 years. I mean, I don't know. This this kind of makes me feel good. Yeah, no, when I've talked to the Park District before about this, uh, one thing that uh, one of the Park District employees, uh, Laura Omek, told me was that for years and years, uh, the river system of the city of Chicago was kind of considered like an afterthought, if that makes any sense, because for years, Mm -hmm. historically, it was kind of um, for barges and for transporting, like, you know, industrial material or commercial material stuff. Um, And then over the past decade or so, they kind of reevaluated and figured out, okay, well, this is an asset we're not really using. People do want to see what's going on down there so um since i want to say 2014 2015 to the present and going into this year and next year they're continuing to do riverfront restorations all over the place to kind of activate the spaces uh so like while i wouldn't recommend swimming in it people are kayaking uh people are canoeing up and down there and honestly like that part of the city when you're traveling by uh boat it's kind of like wild that you're in the middle of a cityscape because when you're in the river it feels like kind of you're in a canyon if that makes sense with a bunch of like uh green around you that's great it's wonderful and uh as we love to do at block club chicago name things we did not name chonkasaurus for the record that was the group that discovered chonkasaurus but we are having a naming contest right now at blockclubchicago.org i know there's going to be some merch for the winner you got to go to blockclubchicago.org right now to vote on that and the winner i believe is going to be picked monday this is all breaking in our editor's chat right now but uh exciting stuff i love eagle man i think that's a natural fit for the classic chicago and we could be like look at those low low rates regarding our monthly subscription fee at block club chicago i don't know sorry lightfoot i saw was another good one alex i don't know if you had a chance to peruse the options but oh, Chicagoans okay. will come up with some options yeah, so my friend started sending me eagle man gifs immediately when i said on the story so yeah exactly alex uh thanks for giving this good news for us we appreciate it oh, thanks for having me on All right, a lot of other good news that we are covering this week for Block Club Chicago. Construction in the works for a new mental health clinic on the northwest side. Block Club Chicago's Ariel Perella shares how the community came together to get it done. Logan Square is set to get its first community-funded mental health center. It's going to serve about 400 people in the area, including Avondale and Hermosa. And it's going to have a bunch of awesome amenities, things like a sensory garden and an art therapy room, a community room, an event space, and have a lot of classes and workshops really just focused on mental health resources and therapy in new ways. It's also going to have about five therapists to start with the goal of having seven in the spring. This is also really important because the center is being fully funded by a property tax increase that went into effect after residents voted on it a few years ago. So that just shows you that residents want this, need this, and it is going to be really exciting for the community. Thank you so much, Ariel. And it is Chicago Restaurant Week 
Well, it's like 17 days and it's been running for a week now and it runs until February 4th. And if you're wondering, oh, man, I want to go, but what's going to save me the most bang for my buck? Or maybe what deals, quote unquote, aren't actually deals and they actually cost more during restaurant week, which doesn't seem cool. But alas, that is the case. Well, there is a great way for you to find the best deals. And Block Club Chicago's Lindsay Rice shares that tool with you. Okay, if you are thinking of going out for restaurant week, you've got to check out this story. It's about a 23-year-old woman who lives in River North, and she is a self-proclaimed data nerd. She has a degree in statistics from the University of Chicago, and she also is like a huge foodie. She loves food, checking out the restaurant scene throughout the city, and she actually combined those two loves to make this incredible spreadsheet that has gone viral on social media, especially Reddit. She has like really broken down over 500 different meal combinations that are being offered throughout the week by hundreds of different restaurants. Yeah, it takes about 35 hours. It's a pretty lengthy process. Um, if I didn't have weekends or time off of work between Christmas and the new year, I would not have the time to do it. It's literally me going on to Chicago's website and typing out every single restaurant name, what they're offering on the menu what time of day they're offering in terms of brunch, lunch, or dinner, as well as, you know, any allergy warnings, location, things of that nature. It's really this incredible resource that is such a public service that she really did out of the kindness of her heart. Also, there's people on Reddit that are sort of asking about this, and I feel like I'm letting these faceless people down if I don't finish it. If you are thinking of checking out Restaurant Week, definitely take a look at this spreadsheet and also give this girl a thank you if you happen to see her. Thanks, Lindsay. All right, one more story. We're going to Kaylee Padar, who's going to be talking about a new survey working to fill the void on research about trans and non-binary Chicagoans. Block Club's Kaylee Padar, take it away. A trans-led team of researchers and community organizers recently launched a survey to collect much-needed data on trans and non-binary people living in the Chicago area. Researchers from Northwestern University's edit team partnered with the Southside LGBTQ Plus Resource Center Brave Space Alliance to design a survey that captures a full picture of the experiences of Cook County's trans community. Usually when these sorts of studies are being done, they're being led by the university. They're being led by a government agency. And this is the exact opposite. Our CEO is a black trans woman. Almost every member of our leadership team is a black LGBTQ person. And so to have us leading this research, to have community produced, community based research really changes the game. The Chicago Area Trans Survey launched in November and researchers hope to record at least 500 responses over the next few months. The survey includes questions about people's experiences transitioning socially, medically, and legally, but it also explores people's relationships, personal feelings, and the areas of their life that bring them joy. The research team started developing the survey in 2021, but they struggled to gather enough funding from donors who said they prefer to support research on trans communities in southern states with Republican governments. Even though Illinois is more progressive than other states, trans and non-binary people still face oppression here, and there's hardly any local scientific data that reflects their experiences. This is our attempt to survey trans people specifically across Cook County, because we want to know for the first time who our community is, where they live, what their experiences are, and what their needs are. The survey was recently launched due to a $15,000 grant from the Chicago Foundation for Women. Researchers hope the initial data they collect through the survey will demonstrate the need for further studies. 
The survey data will also immediately provide advocates with a better understanding of Chicago's trans community, which will allow local organizations to improve their programming and advocate for more specific legislation. And research like this helps us stay in front of what our community's needs are today and what they'll look like in the future. Thanks so much, Kaylee. And a lot of those reports you can see on our television show on the block. It airs on Thursdays at 7 p.m. on the U, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on CW26. For all the episodes, go to CW26Chicago.com. You can follow us on social media on the block shy it's hosted by brandon pope i pop in as a reporter too it's a great show i hope you check it out we're also on the radio on wgn 720 on wednesday thursday friday mornings on the bob surratt morning show here's a recent appearance with jen sabella there's good news for people who want to put their bike on the train jen sabella with us from block club chicago good morning jen good morning bob how are you i'm uh ready with my bicycle if it ever warms up <laughs> out there and and so is metro huh they are um after the during the pandemic metro started allowing people to bring their bikes on trains all the time. It used to be only when it wasn't a rush hour situation, um, and they've decided to make the rule permanent. So starting February 1st, Metro riders can continue to bring their bikes, scooters, um, whatever kind of uh, e-scooters on their bikes, um, on the train anytime, and uh, they will set aside some bike racks on about 50 cars, and there will be little symbols on the cars showing where the bike racks are located. With the bike lanes and uh, now with Metro doing this, uh, Chicago is definitely becoming more bike-friendly, isn't it? I think that's the goal. They said about 260,000 riders brought their bikes on Metro in 2023, which is the highest number of any year on record. So they're just trying to accommodate more folks uh, choosing to bike and choosing to avoid traffic backups that have uh, <laughs> been mm-hmm. particularly bad recently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the now famous rat hole. Uh, the neighbors have about had it with this uh, goofy story, haven't they? They have. Um, we, we actually got some emails from neighbors saying, please, please tell people to stop doing this um, gathering around this rat hole. Um, this is located on Roscoe Street between Damon and Walcott. It has attracted groups of people just gathering day and night. There's a shrine. There was a wedding at the site over the weekend. Uh, There was an engagement at the site. People are just leaving garbage. Um, So neighbors are really annoyed, and they think that this is going to attract actual rodents uh, to the area with a bunch of food and and drinks left out on the street. Um, So we're hearing that the alderman in the ward, Alderman Scott Wagisek, might... uh, pave over the rat hole. Um, we have not confirmed that yet, but we will, we will report back when we find out. But I think neighbors, they've, they've, this hole's been in the sidewalk for uh, more than a decade, and they, they used to love it. It was just a thing they walked past. But now that it's gotten so much attention, it has become a menace to the neighborhood. That's what neighbors yeah. are telling us. Nothing says romance like a rat hole. Uh, really, people are getting married <laughs> and, and engaged there? It's true. You can go to our website and see a photo of a wedding that took place this weekend. Um, people relocated their wedding. They had a whole balloon banner above the rat hole, and they <laughs> did they exchanged vows there. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how long that marriage lasts. <laughs> yeah. Blockclubchicago.org <laughs> for that. Uh, what I find interesting about this story is uh, the thing has been there and, and visible for a while, but o- only recently did it become popular, right? 
Yeah, I think it's the power of social media. Um, yeah, TikTok yeah. has definitely propelled this over the top. <laughs> no, yeah, there, there we go again with uh, TikTok uh, being the culprit. <laughs> Finally, uh, tell us about this, uh, this uh, dive bar in Pilsen. This is such great news for fans of the Skylark. Um, it's been around for decades in Pilsen, and it went up for sale last year. Um, a lot of people were really nervous that it would change. Like, you know, so many dive bars of Chicago's past that have closed down and, and become something fancier. And the owner of Skylark decided to sell it to six employees who worked at the bar for years. And they are having a party, a grand staying the same party on February 2nd to celebrate the fact that they will not be changing the bar at all. It will have the same menu, the same old wooden bar that's been there for decades, the same bar stools that are sometimes ripped up and uh, affordable PBR and in cocktails. So um, a lot of people are really happy about this. It was going crazy on social media last night. Um, the bar's at 2149 South Halsted Street. They have great tater tots um and those tater tots are sticking around so i know our staff was already (laughs) talking about going to this staying the same party so maybe you'll see us there on february 2nd (laughs) love tater tots can't get those uh, everywhere so uh, the original owners put it up for sale because they were retiring is that it exactly yeah it opened in 2003 and some of the staffers like brian page he's a longtime bartender there he's been there since the opening and he's actually worked at some other classic chicago dives that have closed over the years um including like gold star on uh division street and um there was a, a place uh, the beachwood which was in wicker park uh he worked at all these places and saw them close down and it was just a bummer so he is now a part owner of skylark and he's really excited that he doesn't have to leave and find another job again after uh another dive staple closes down. Um, mm. It is, it's truly a great place. They have a great photo booth, um, good vibes, good music. So, and it actually is home to some of the oldest urinals in the city of Chicago. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if, if that's the kind of history you want to get into. That is extremely local news. Jen Sabella, dive bar <laughs> correspondent for us. Thank you, Jen. Have a good day. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. And that'll do it for the Block Club Chicago podcast. We hope that you subscribe, donate, do whatever you can to help our nonprofit newsroom run. You could just even subscribe for free to the morning newsletter. We send it out. It gives you a rundown of all the stories you need to know, everything from Eagles to beyond. And uh, again, go to blockclubchicago.org if you want to vote on the name for our Northside Irving Park Eagle. A lot of great options there. Okay, that'll do it for It's All Good, our Block Club Chicago podcast, and we'll drop another one on you next week.